You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm so thrilled to have a very special guest with me this evening who is calling in from New York to bring us her story of a career pivot, I will say. And her name is Karina Gavargasoff. Karina is the founder, editor, and chief of Mission Magazine, and she'll be with me in just a moment. Uh, Be sure, as always, to stay with us during the break so uh, you can hear from our watch team of ongoing contributors bringing you their insights and inspiration in the fields of health, education, finance, technology, leadership, and diversity. And we love hearing from our audience, so please feel free to reach out to me anytime at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T, with your feedback or referrals of any amazing women you might know, uh, or perhaps you are one yourself. So now I'd love to welcome to the show Karina Gavargasoff. Karina, thanks so much for being here this evening. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for asking me, and well done on getting my name right. That was absolutely spot on. Oh, very good. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see if I can do it throughout the show. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> so um, listen, there's a, so many things about your story that um, I love, and I think what I wanted to open up with was the fact that, you know, I've interviewed a, a lot of women over the years that have made pivots in their career mm. changes, um, kind of 
looking for something more meaningful and uh, going into a completely different industry. And what you've done is really kind of recognize that you something was missing, but you decided to turn the career you're you're already in into something meaningful. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I know that one of the catalysts for that, and maybe we'll start with this, was um, two incidents, personal things that happened in your life. Uh, one was the loss of your, your mother and your brother, yeah. uh, and the other was something that happened years later to a dear friend. Do you want to yeah. s- start and tell, tell the listeners the story about uh, mom and your brother and, and what yeah. happened? Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I, my eldest brother was Down syndrome, um, so... I came from a very different, I, I felt I had a, quite a different upbringing to um, most people. Um, it was very working class. It was very um, a loving family. But when you have someone disabled or handicapped in your family, then you have other priorities in life. Um, and it was kind of quite a juxtaposition often going to a fashion show in Paris or going to a photo shoot in New York, flying back and then coming back home, seeing my brother, John. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I always loved the creative industry, but I always felt and still do that my feet have always been firmly planted on the ground um, mm. and have kind of a realistic approach to life and um, he passed away um, no hang on I see I get so confused with this my mother passed away first from a stroke and it was it was quite sudden and quite a shock and then 13 months later my brother passed away um, and you know for anyone that's it's it's a traumatic experience to lose anyone, a loved one or a close friend or yes. someone dear to you. Right. And um, when that happened, um, I think a couple of weeks or a month later or so, I was expected to go to fashion shows for a magazine that I was working on that was launching. And I just couldn't do it. I just I, I was in Milan um, at the shows and I found it very, very difficult to go and sit front row looking at a catwalk show when I just want to burst out crying I want to Mm. run away I just want to be home with my dad and my other brother I didn't but it was the business and I had to be there and you had to show face and um and it was incredibly incredibly difficult and and I left um I'd always kind of been in New York working anyway I did an internship here at W magazine a few years prior to all of this Mm -hmm. and then I just I I kind of just left I, I I ran away I suppose from London because it was just too painful to be there was too many memories and I came to New York and I've been here now I think 16 or 17 years and I'd never I've never played the game I I've never been the person to um kind of be that sycophantic fan and suck up to people I just can't do it if, if someone's incredibly nice then I'll go to hell and back for them I'll I'll really support them and um but it's just our industry is so there's a lot of kind of um egos involved um and hierarchy and I just I'd never played the game and I'd always felt I'd never fitted in to be honest with you Mm. but I came Mm. here as a freelance stylist had an agent here um and I was working for various magazines mainly European such as um news magazine Japanese Vogue Italian Vogue I did the odd bit for InStyle out here and um front of book stuff for Vogue and it just wasn't that was I always felt there was a void there was something really missing um and it ne- I never found it fulfilling to be honest with you and then my friend got breast cancer five years ago and I was on a photo shoot and it was for a very commercial client and they were discussing the size of a button that was going to be on a Times Square campaign and as you can imagine it's you know a very high billboard and you don't really see the button if you're on the ground and 
I, I, I kind of just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I, I'm in the service industry, so I can't be rude. I can't be very honest. And what I really wanted to say was the client, well, you know, shove your button. You can't bloody see it. It's way up on a billboard. <laughs> Who cares? It's so silly. Who cares? Yes, I guess, yes. by the way, my mate's having her first mastectomy and she's in the operating theatre oh my gosh. for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. perspective, so, right? Suddenly. Yeah, perspective. And it, that to me was the... I'd struggled for quite a few years um, before this um, happened to my friend, looking online at different jobs and what could I do. And that to me was the absolute catalyst mm-hmm. um, to stop. And that was on the Friday. And then on the Sunday, um, I had the idea for mission. I, I was wide awake before in the morning, really worried about my friend thinking, I hope she's going to be okay. I hope she's going to pull through. Um, I've got to make a dis- I've got to make a change in my life. Um, what can I do? I love giving back. My mother was a nurse, so she was very nurturing, very caring. Um, but I didn't want to throw away all these years of building contacts and working in this industry. It's a very privileged industry. I don't want to just walk away from it and start completely from scratch. Um, I love media. I love interactive digital magazine. I love all of that. I think mm. it's really exciting technology and it's fun, but I wanted to do it something really creative, but that gave back. Yes. Um, so it has to have meaning. So suddenly I'm playing the game, but I'm playing it on my terms. There you go. Um, right. And it's, and it's, it has meaning now to me. Yeah. So I love yeah. that. What I love that about you. I would say that, um, being able to stay grounded, working mm. in that industry with the, the level of egos that you have to. Um, I, I have a quote here. You said, as a fashion editor, I've always been mindful of the privilege my career mm. has allowed me traveling, being in beautiful hotels and meeting interesting people. And that is the plus side to it. You know, at the end of the day, fashion is art and it's yeah. creative. So it's the people that kind of get in the way of, you know, the the beautiful aspect of what fashion is and and lifestyle Mm -hmm. and and publishing. So um, I love that about you. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I guess I would love to know, you know, what was your very first step? What are you going to do when you're going to publish your first magazine? (laughs) Who do you pick up the phone Mm -hmm. and call? Okay. We'll be right back. Stay with us for Dawn Zier of Nutrisystem for our CEO watch and Holly Dowling for our leadership watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch, CEO Watch. Hi, I'm Dawn Zier with today's CEO Watch. Today, we'll be talking about the generation of future leaders, millennials. If you're between 22 and 37 years old, you're one of them. As with every generation, there are preconceived notions about younger generations and their contributions to the workplace. Unfairly and overgeneralized, millennials often get a bad reputation. Whether it's the myth of expecting things to be handed to them for free or not having a strong enough work ethic, I want to debunk that. Historically at Nutrisystem, as well as Activity Health, we have millennials in crucial positions throughout the organization and within all functions. These colleagues continue day in and day out to prove their worth and significantly contribute to our success. I want to highlight a few specific ways in which millennials drive positive change in the workplace. One, collaboration and teamwork. Collectively, millennials like to collaborate and are less egocentric. They thrive on teamwork and have a strong desire to be challenged. They want a seat at the table and to be entrusted to solve problems. They flourish when they receive routine feedback and constructive ways in which they can improve and develop. 
Two, they are tech savvy. Millennials have grown up during the digital age. They trust the power of technology, and they know that learning and adapting to new technologies will not only benefit their personal growth and goals, but they understand the value that new platforms can bring to the workplace. Trust them to get things done efficiently. Three, values and social causes. Millennials have increasingly become known as a generation to care and want to work for mission-based or do-good companies. While millennials expect from employers the same benefits as previous generations, community service and social impact are also high on their list of priorities. Benefits millennials look for, such as volunteer time off and charitable gift giving, have made employers evaluate their offerings and have positively contributed to the corporate social responsibility agenda, or as we like to call it, activity health, the double bottom line. I'm excited to continue to see the growth of our millennial workforce and feel that we are in good hands as we look to the upcoming generation of executives and leaders. Thanks, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier here for CEO Watch. I'll be back next Sunday. Have a great week. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch today. And so excited because I'm about to throw everything upside down and actually throw you for a loop. Yep. Today, I'm going to encourage you, and with all great intention, throw out assessments. I know that's a scary thought. And for so many of you in organizations, whether domestic or global and serving clients around the world or wherever you are, especially if you're leading organizations of any kind, we are brilliant, right? We have amazing people on board. We have brilliant human resource people, learning and development people. And with all great intention, most of the people in our organizations have had their fill with assessments. And trust me when I say this, I walk and support and serve so many organizations. And every time the first question I ask is, what's the latest assessment you've rolled out with your folks? And I'm, I got to tell you, I'm certified in a lot of them. I love a lot of them. There's DISC, Insights, Culture Index, Habit Finder, Values Indicator, Strengths Finder, Myers-Briggs, right? The list goes on and on. Here's the cool thing. They're all designed with great intention, and each one has a different place to serve us. Some are behavioral assessments, some are personality. But here's what I can tell you and what I'm passionate about and going all over the world and and really impacting organizations right now is it's time to throw out assessments because we've got to stop assessing people. People are done being assessed. It's the algorithm of you. Pull from each one and find what benefits you to find how to be a better communicator and and how to enhance your behavior style. But what people can't get from an assessment and what they need from you, and listen carefully, they need you to know who they are. Know me, care about me, and pay attention to me. And that starts by talking to people, not reading an assessment, which is an evaluation of who they are. It's time to get back human side of people rather than treating them as knowledge banks. Let me know what you think. HollyDowling.com. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm having a wonderful conversation this evening with Karina Gavargasoff, the 
uh, founder, editor-in-chief of Mission Magazine. And Karina spent many years um, working in New York and London in as a stylist and um, a, a creative director. And I know that you've said it's important to you with this new venture um, for everyone to check their egos at the door. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I guess one of my questions is, when you decided to do this, who was the first person you picked up the phone and called? Um, and how do you get public figures, people notable, that will bring readers you know, to the magazine uh, that perhaps don't have that ego and are supportive of your mission? Um, your first question, who did I pick the phone up to? Gosh, I can't remember. I didn't speak to many. I didn't speak to anybody really for a long time until I I kind of went into a cave and um, started doing research um, and really analysing um, media and publishing in America and you know where where there were gaps and what was missing and and how do I do this? It's it's very it, it was because it was just so overwhelming to me. Uh, I've never done this before. It's, yeah. I've gone from tying shoelaces and buttoning up shirts to the media company. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, that is a big, that takes a lot of guts, takes a lot of courage because... You know, it, it, I, I, people say this to me, and I don't think it does, because in all honesty, Susan, when you faced, you know, faced with watching your brother pass away on a life support machine... That is just so horrific that what I'm doing is kind of, it's a walk in the park compared to that. You know, it's not that, it's its not, people are saying you're really brave doing this. It's, it's not, it's not. It's just going with conviction and passion. Yes, um, I think the courage comes to at the very forefront to launch it, to make the decision to do it, right? Then, you know, and also I think naivety. Not yes, knowing what was yes. around me. That has been my biggest, biggest strength and continues to be. I bet. Because I, I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I did read that uh, Annie Leibovitz signed on pretty early. What, what do you think made her come on oh, board? Um, we, that was the, we did our first ever um, fundraiser um, at the Boom Boom Rooms um, at the Standard Hotel in West, the Meatpacking area in Manhattan. And they were massive supporters to begin with. And um, one of my... Um, advisors had them the idea oh you know do, do a fundraise but also let's have an auction as well at the same time I was like, oh my god how'd you do that and who so i just thought <laughs> who do i know that get involved and who they don't know i thought annie Leibovitz, she's so iconic her work um and really is a unique photographer and the first issue was women of empowerment so i kind of just um we're very good here at finding people's information just constantly searching on the web and i managed to get hold of her studio and just said, we're doing this event. We want your support. We'd love Annie to be involved. Would she co-host it with me on the host committee or could she give us some work? And I think within like a day or two, we had back from um, this wonderful woman, Karen Mulligan, saying um, she can't participate, but she'd love to donate um, two signed books. So that was just phenomenal That's for us to have that. Yeah. Had you worked with her personally? No. Before? She no. Doesn't, okay. she doesn't know me at all. Yeah. Most of the people we've had um, for the first two issues have 
have never known me and have no idea who I am. And it's just been emailing them. Well, here's something I think is is a great lesson for the listeners and what you do very, very well. And I love this phrase. You When you talk to people, you say, you know, you see someone that you want to speak to and you say, I'm going to jump on her. Yeah. I'm just going to jump, <laughs> jump on them. I jump them. them. Or is that an expression, <laughs> um, an English expression? Uh, I don't know where that came from. Well, I tell you, the first person I jumped was Lauren Bush Lauren. I was on a photo shoot for Lucky Magazine when it was around, and it was with this brilliant photographer, Victor de Michelier, um, who I I, I really like and admire his work. Um, And when this project came along, I'd only had the idea for Mission, I think, for about two months in my head and researching, and um, we were doing a shoot, and and one of the sections was philanthropy. I was like, oh, my God, I'm definitely doing this job. And Lauren was on set with us, and... I was absolutely gagging to tell her. I, I, but do I, do I tell her before she goes into hair and makeup. There do I tell go. her while I'm dressing her, or do I wait till the outfit? I wait until she's finished the shot and she's about to leave and she's fully dressed. And I just jumped and I went, "You need to know about what I'm doing. It's really cool." Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I love that. I'm going to tell you. I have to tell you. Very early on, when I started this show, I went to an event where Norma Kamali was speaking, mm. and I literally ran up at the end of the event and <laughs> stopped her, and she had no idea who I was, and my show hadn't even really begun yet and she said yes you know Uh I think when you show your your passion for something from a very genuine place and present it simply right you're not selling you're just say is no that's right that's you've right. just got to ask, and I, I actually I do love the element of surprise, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give them no opportunity to say no. They yeah. just yeah, back them into a corner. But come on, why not? Why don't yeah. you want? Because this to me, this isn't a vanity project. It's not about me. I you know. Yes. I, I understand. I've got to be kind of. I'm the spokesperson, but I want. This is a platform for people to storytell, mm. as, as far as I'm concerned, and, yes. and to give back. And it really is the first, um, as you described, first fashion philanthropy media brand. Yeah. Do you yeah. see that, you know, once this, first of all, how many um, issues have you published? Are you working uh, on the Two. Two, okay. Well, um, we're on two, and we're about to, actually, we're going to go to print for the second one, which is, that's, you're the first to know that. Um, okay, great. That's coming out soon. Um, and then we're working on the third issue, which is youth. Which is which is really exciting. So I want the listeners to know this is a digital magazine and it is published every six months with a different yes. cause, right? Yes, correct. And uh, women's empowerment was was the first. Yes. Um, and um, youth is going to be your second. No, environment is the. Oh, second I'm sorry, one. environment. And that's out digitally already. But Got we're it. actually going to do a print run of the second one too. Okay. Um, but a small one. We're not printing like normal monthly magazines here where they print 700,000 or a million copies a month. It's very, it's, I kind of like the supreme approach where it's a small niche yes. title. Yes, I like that too. We're going to take another break. Um, I'm talking to Karina Gabargasov, founder, editor, and chief of Mission Magazine. Stay with us to hear from Dr. Richie for our Health Watch and Terry and Maggie for our Finance Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. National surveys report that 39% of Americans use herbs and dietary supplements to enhance health and improve chronic symptoms, memory loss, arthritis, fatigue, and chronic conditions where conventional medicine doesn't give straightforward answers and cures. Let's talk about green tea from the plant Camellia sinensis. It's thought to be full of nutrients and antioxidants. 
People look for increased alertness, improved digestion, and lower risk of cancer, heart disease, diabetes. You can drink a cup of green tea or take an extract in liquid form, tablet, or capsule. The extract is a popular choice for weight loss too. Studies have been done on green tea and its extracts, but there's no definite proof that it's effective. The National Cancer Institute does not recommend for or against use versus any type of cancer. There's only limited evidence that green or black tea decrease blood pressure or cholesterol, and green tea extracts have not been shown to produce or maintain weight loss. Also, when patients hear herbal or natural, it's a mistake to assume that all these products are safe because herbs can have a positive or negative impact on health. They can also interact with other medicines you take. For instance, green tea can reduce blood levels of natalol, a pill used for heart and blood pressure, and can interact with other meds. There is also growing concern among hepatologists, liver specialists, with increased use of herbs and supplements, there's a parallel rise in liver toxicity, especially with anabolic steroids, bodybuilders, green tea extract, and multi-ingredient supplements. Herbs and supplements can also interfere with sedation and or increase your bleeding risk. So it's essential to tell your doctor if you're taking any non-prescription items, especially before surgery. We need to better regulate non-prescription drugs and ensure purity and safety and create accurate labels. Divas, your job is to tell your doctors about any over-the-counter med or alternative healthcare you use. A full picture will keep your healthcare safe and effective. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth and you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. The Women to Watch Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry from Fortis Wealth. Our Maggie will be back next week. April is Financial Literacy Month. Let's take the opportunity to reflect on the state of your personal finances and find ways to improve. There are many resources out there to help you with your financial education, including the website moneymanagement.org, which offers 30 steps to help you identify your money weaknesses and turn them into strengths. Here are some of the steps we'd like to share. First, commit to change. The first and most important step in developing and following a financial plan is to examine your attitudes toward money. Are you ready to accept responsibility for changing your financial situation? Can you identify at least one benefit you hope to gain by changing your money management behavior? Then ask yourself, how are you doing financially? Be honest about your relationship with money. Write down your feelings and findings. We do this regularly with clients, and it can be eye-opening. Then how about that financial clutter? Shred old statements and tax returns that are more than seven years old. Use a tool like Mint.com or Quicken to organize your accounts and spending. Getting your financial house organized is a great way to begin on your path towards financial wellness. When's the last time you checked your credit report? It's a good idea to get copies to make sure there are no errors or fraudulent activity. 
The FACT Act gives every consumer the right to a free credit report every year from each of the three major credit bureaus. To get your free report, visit annualcreditreport.com. If you find an error, report it immediately. The Fair Credit Reporting Act requires credit bureaus to furnish correct information to companies requesting credit histories. And then the next steps might be reviewing your income and whether you expect it to change. Calculate your net worth, which is simply comparing what you own to what you owe. The final step for the week is to create a list of needs and wants to help you establish your financial priorities. It may sound like a lot to do, but try breaking it down and do just one step each day. Until next week, this is Terry. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for being with us for another week of Women to Watch. I'm talking to Karina Gavargasov, the uh, editor, founder, excuse me, the founder, editor-in-chief of Mission Magazine. And one of the things as I was kind of digging into you and your story, um, I thought this was really special and lovely that you carry with you your mom's rosary. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of find out from you what what... What does that bring you? Does that bring you a sense of calm and peace, or does do you feel it brings you some good luck? Or tell me the reason behind it. Yeah, all of that. Um, whenever I go to meetings, she comes with me. I have it. Uh, I have her rosary with me, um, either in my jeans pocket or my jacket. Um, and often, if I'm in a meeting, I'll often put my hand in my pocket and just touch it. So mm-hmm. it's just That's... I find it comforting. Yeah. Um, and it's. Uh, I think this Christ- Christmas when I went home to, to London um, with my at my father's house where I where I grew up in, I'm still you know I still have my my old bedroom and everything. I actually said to my father, "Can I have some of? Can I have some of my mum's jewellery?" And it's the first time I'd ever thought to ask him. Um, and now I, I wear that. Um, I have her rings on right now and her earrings on right now. And it's I don't know. I just I just want her with me in this journey. And sometimes this just really comforts me when I'm incredibly stressed or really worried about, you know, what am I doing? You know, is this going to work? Or I'm insane to do this. I'm exhausted. I often go to bed with the rosary. I just have it in my hand. It's just, I'm not overly religious, but I just think I've become very spiritual the last couple of years mm. um, since taking this leap of faith. And I think there are, there is no reasons to anything. You just do what, you need to do it in the moment to help you get through things, I think. Yes. You know, that's a memory of who she was mm, yeah, for you, yeah. right? And I wasn't prepared to kind of accept. It was, like, like I said earlier, it was very traumatic an experience those 13 months of losing both of them. And it's only, I'm starting to just feel peace with it mm, now yes. um, and talk about it now. But it was very, it was always buried the back of my, my mind. And some, a lot of it still is, but... Um, no, I just, I, it helps me to have her with me. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, tell me about the difference between the stress you encountered in your previous role <laughs> and the stress of publishing a magazine, which requires a lot of content, a lot of information, a lot of creativity. Um, to be honest, you know, someone asked me um, something last year when I was being interviewed. You know, they said, how being a stylist, what gives, what makes that what skills have you had from that that apply to this? Um, and the stress, it's almost like, um, I think anyone that's been in my, that's in my industry that potentially hears this interview, that it's, it's like being backstage at a fashion show. You're working on a show, um, which is only what, 12 minutes. And the stress is really high for a stylist because they've got to dress people really quickly and it's, you're on a time crunch. 
it's that every day for four and a half years. Wow. <laughs> um, it's almost like, uh, I guess, and when I, when I used to be a stylist, I'd say to people, you know, what's your job like? It's really glamorous. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Imagine you've got to shop for your family for Christmas and there's 30 of them in the family and you've got two hours before the shops close. Oh my it's gosh. that level oh. of... <laughs> I'm sweating just hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> of stress. Of, but you get to being on... on Working, I, I was very fortunate that when I um, was an intern, I, I landed at two great people to work with, complete by chance or, or, or serendipitous. And one of them was Alex White, and one of them's Carl Temp- Templer. Mm-hmm. They're both English, but that wasn't, you know, that that was just by chance. And they worked at very high, they're very at the top of their game in the industry, basically. And they worked under immense pressure, which then. You have that knock-on effect. There was, you know, I, I learned from both of them. There is no, no. You have to get it done. And if you're on a, especially if you're on an advertising job for a client, if they want to have, um, I don't know, a, a certain style jacket to go with uh, for a beauty campaign you're working on, then they've got this visual in their head. You have to get it. And if they give you five hours or ten hours to get it in, you've got to get it. And whether that means you go to a thrift store, you find a tailor to make it, you just you can't turn up. And, and not have that product that that person's expecting because a lot of freelance stylists get paid crazy amounts of money, sometimes $10,000 a day or $5,000 a day. And you're expected to turn up with a product that this person has paid you because they think you're an expert in your industry. So it's very similar skill set that you have to multitask and you have to think ahead. It's almost like, I guess, a dinner party. You think ahead. What's mm. the pudding? You work backwards. So thinking ahead on the magazine, okay, what's going to be take the longest time to do and work backwards on that and make sure everything is aligned and, and work to a budget, work to a schedule. So the skill sets are very, very similar, I found, actually. Mm, yes. And, you know, most people probably ask you about your team, who's behind you. And <laughs> tell us about your girls, because it's not exactly yeah. a, you know, large corporate structured <laughs> business. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's quite, the, you know, I'll, I'll, it's not at all. It's, um, I oversee everything, um, and if you, when you meet me and you see my face, you'll, you'll understand that I do because I'm exhausted. Me, <laughs> but I have um, I have a super super small team that I don't have anybody on payroll full, full time yet paid. Um, everyone has has been either past assistants of mine or um, people in there's two in particular that are in different fields in social media and branding that work with me on a constant. But right now they've, they've all kind of got behind this to, I guess, volunteer their time and their services. And Mm -hmm. then uh, for the online magazine and the print magazine, the content in that actually is very seasoned writers. Um, Some of them freelance for different titles, such as Harper's, the New York, New Yorker, um, Elle magazine, and some of them in, are in Europe, in England, on newspapers. And the same with the photographers. They're all very, very seasoned writers that are, I've just known in the past, or I've known some of them, and they've got the word out, and they've just started to help build this community. And then the rest are my amazing interns. That um, I We found one incredible woman. Um, I can't remember how we if we put it on Indeed or Parsons' website, but one girl came, and she just started speaking to others. And they're, they're supporting your, your mission is what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. yeah. When we're, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about your kind of your vision for the future and what that, you know, business strategy might look like. 
Stay with us for our Tech Watch with Mary Manzo and Diversity with Hanadi Shahabuddin. You're listening to Women to Watch. We'll be right back. This is the Women to Watch Diversity Watch. Peace be upon you all, this is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. Wouldn't it be nice to be with the ones we love the most indefinitely? Well, according to Islam, we will be. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, Everyone will be with those whom they love, and referring to the hereafter. Muslims center their life around God, not just because he's the one that they love the most, but also because he's the one they want to be with in the hereafter. Islam is a way of life, and in a nutshell, That way of life revolves around the love of God and consequently the love of his prophets, including Prophet Muhammad, who delivered the last message sent from God to the world, according to Muslims. The bridge through which Muslims increase their love to God is by counting their blessings. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that clearly in this saying, quote, Love God for what he nourishes you with of his blessings. Love me due to the love of God, end quote. For Muslims, love is a clear path to success. Just like in the early stage of life, the love of mothers and fathers is innate and grand to a baby, so is the love of God. While the physical body was gifted by an act of love, the soul was gifted through a divine spirit. Listen to this verse from chapter 15, where God describes the original creation of Adam. Quote, when I fashioned him and breathed into him of my spirit. End quote. Another verse in chapter 17, instructs Prophet Muhammad to tell people a little more. Quote, And they ask you about the soul, say, The soul is one of the commands of my Lord, and the knowledge thereof you have been given but little. End quote. While this doesn't say much, Muslims consider it a call to lean in and learn more about our own self, our own soul. Today's prophetic ethic, my friends, is loving God. It's a central practice in Muslims' lives that they try not to get distracted or deviate from. Don't forget to connect with me on hanadispeaksout.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso of Pathways Consulting Group. When I was in grammar school, we had career day, and in high school, we had college fairs. Both were meant to be informative and intended to get me thinking about my future, but yet my knowledge of what types of careers were available to me was still very limited. There were the basic careers, nurse, teachers, secretary, social worker, and at one point I thought maybe park ranger. I didn't know how many options I actually had. Now fast forward, have things really changed? Do teenagers have access to the knowledge needed to make choices early on before attending and investing in college? When I went to business school, I took a class on word processing. Yes, I'm that old. At the time, we were taught how word processing can streamline repeatable documents. When I landed my first job, I was hired to create a process in a law firm that would enable all repeatable documents to become nothing more than fill in the blank. This would allow the fast-growing law firm to keep up with the demand and backlog that they had. 
I had no idea that what I was doing was considered business process design, but I sure had a knack for it and I really liked it. I felt like I was transforming the business to run more efficiently and I was making a great contribution. There's a misconception amongst young individuals that in order to be considered a technologist, you have to be a coder or developer. But technology goes far beyond hands on the keyboard. At Pathways, we implement the technology called ServiceNow. Yes, we have developers, but we also have business analysts, program coordinators, quality testers, and they too are considered technology experts. And these are only a few of the roles that make up our technology company. So when considering and discussing technology as a career path with young girls, it's important that we have girls who code, but equally important are all the other roles and careers that make up the world of technology. For more information on this topic, please email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. If you're just joining us, I'm speaking to Karina Gavargasov, the uh, founder, editor-in-chief of Mission Magazine. And and Karina spent um, her career in the fashion industry um, as a stylist and a a creative director and decided that, um, you know, she wanted to do something uh, mission-minded and something that would give back. And this really is a first of its kind, this magazine. So in the beginning as an entrepreneur, you know, you're always kind of asking, right? Making that mm-hmm. ask for people to, to come in and support you. And eventually, you know, you want this to to be, um, bring in some revenue, I would assume, yeah. because that will yeah. allow you to, to do bigger things. So what's your, yes, your vision for that? Um, so we want to start um, working with other brands, whether that's um, doing social cause marketing campaigns. We want to do eventually um, podcast series. I think that's something we want to do within this year where, because there's so many great people that we've had in the first two issues that I very much enjoy speaking to. I think they have very um, fantastic insights into the environment or to women's empowerment, such as Gabriella Hurst or um, David de Rothschild. And we also want to do every issue. We have a youth series summit, um, a youth series rather. And we want to maybe speak to brands about underwriting certain parts of the magazine. So for me, the, the magazine is the smallest component in the overall thing. I, it's, I see it as 10% of the overall business. And then we want to branch out into different avenues of that. Um, I'd love to get a documentary series made of every six months, the making of Mission, so that people actually get to see really behind the scenes of just some of the content that we make and, and get firsthand of how it's done as well. And have it, um, like I said before, we have fantastic interns and they're generally, um, they've all been, actually, I think most of them have been young women and they've all been Gen Z's and millennials, mm-hmm. um, aged 18, 18, 19, 20 is often the age that we have. And it's just, that's just them coming forward to us and being interested. And we have brilliant conversations around the table here. So, well, um, and those those young people um, are are probably people that will begin as an intern with you, and then and then stay on. You know, yes. if you're lucky. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Right? So we're looking to, you know, at the moment we're speaking to certain brands to partner with, um, whether that's underwriting an issue, a whole issue, where we would do a whole 360 deep dive with them. We do events, experiential experiences with them. Um, I'm really, because it's the magazine, when it goes to print, is interactive um, and it's online interactive. I think we did, um, 
uh, Adrian Grenier, I interviewed him for the environment issue. And when you look at the magazine online, you just hit play. And the whole thing turns like a magazine. So we want to bring that to life and do experiences um, outside of that and eventually work on doing um, one thing I I really want to pull off this year. um, I want to do a rave. Um, which is an English expression, but it's a party, a dance party, where it's I want to do it glow in the dark with black tie and sneakers. And my goal would be um, to raise, to sell tickets for that, and 100% of that whole event would go to an organisation that we would um, be supporting, relevant to that cause. And obviously, we'll do due diligence that it's, an, you know, um, the right charity that we would partner with. And you said earlier about who was the first person I picked up the phone to. Actually, it was Grant Thornton, um, the tax lawyers, and I met one guy there, Daniel Romano, who's been him. Him and Cathy uh, Kaplan, the lawyers from Sydney, she's the lawyer from Sydney Austin. Those have been by my side mm. really for four years. So they help me kind of they guide me that I do things above board and we have due diligence. Um, but the rave uh, is something I would love to do. I, listen, a, a black tie with sneakers and dancing, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, and it's glow in the dark. And glow so in no the dark. Oh, I, I would love that. Dance. That I sounds so fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just, I really want to shake up the system. I really want to shake up how people look at not just publishing and media, um, but also philanthropy. You know, you, I, I've only went to two events, I think, the last three years, and it was sit-down gala dinner, and... It just massive, massive floral arrangement in the middle of this round table. And you sit there. Well, you can't see the people opposite you. Mm-hmm. And I sat in this space thinking, bloody hell, how much, how much are these flowers? Why, why, why not have no flowers and give that money to someone? Right. Um, and right. It just, yeah. I really, that's how I kind of want to challenge things and break the system like this and mm. just have no rules. Just yeah. try and do something really good with no rules. I love that because when you when you make it, um, fun and simple, mm. then your people are more apt to donate, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. you're, you want people to give back. And if it becomes just part of their every day, um, mm. it will happen more. I know that, you know, women are important to you as far as empowerment and just yeah. kind of helping with um, helping women find their voice and self-esteem so that they pursue their mm-hmm. own endeavors. Um, the environment is something close to your heart and, and youth in every issue. Is there any other cause that you see implementing um, down the road? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the third issue was going to be mental health for what this has put me through. And people actually, when I say this to people, they start laughing. And I say to them, I'm not joking. I had no idea what was coming, how hard this would be. I had no idea. Doing something, social entrepreneur, launching a new business, is incredibly lonely road, isolated and incredibly challenging. So I really wanted mental health to be the third one. But then certain opportunities were coming and people were talking. And I thought, you know, I think the youth should be the third issue. Yeah. But the next two topics, and I don't, I'm not sure on the, on the order, but... Um, Mental health is one and immigration is the yeah. next one. You know what? I, I find often the topics come to you. Yeah. Right. So you they will arrive on your doorstep and you will know what the right next yes. topic should be. Um, Karina, I thank you so much for taking time with thank us you, today. Susan. I know how busy you are and I hope you'll stay in touch with the show and, and we'll be sure yes. to uh, share the magazine with our, with everyone we know. Thank you very much. Have Thank a good you. evening. That's Bye-bye. it. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much, as always, to our sponsors and our ongoing contributors helping me to bring you the real story behind her title. 
here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Have a great week, everyone. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.